Brent and Chris talk here. Brent, I'm Chris. Yes, welcome. Brent. One and all. And if you Sorry, are I should new, let you introduce yourself. That's all right. <laughs> that's all right. You know me. Uh, if you're new to Brent and Chris talk, welcome. Uh, we've been growing in numbers, and uh, we welcome you with open arms and open minds. That's right. Open. And I could say open hearts, but then I'd probably play Drizzy the United Methodist Church uh, slogan. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Hearts, we don't minds, want any copyright uh, infringement or trademarks because I hear YouTube and other sources of our uh, podcast will kill us. Mm, accurate. <laughs> so we don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we welcome all content, especially comments, guys. Like, please let us know what you're thinking about what we're talking about and. What else you want to hear about? We always say that at the end of the podcast, but I think it's important to say it at the beginning, too, to remind folks that, hey, we're here for dialogue as well. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I would encourage everyone, if you comment, please throw your sources out there. We try to always include all of our sources at the end of all of our episodes so you know where our information comes from. I would say definitely, yeah. We, we've got to make sure that it's something that has a basis somewhere. Right. We're raising the bar for a debate. How do we, you know, it, it's more taking it from opinion to I'm basing that opinion on something. And the fact that if we don't, then we are challenged with, okay, well, then you're just off on your own on that. And it's fine. If you want to just sit there and, and rest on your laurels, then you can. But at the end of the day, the rest of us, you know, I'd say the majority of folks don't want to not have uh, something to base their facts on. So Agreed. Statements on. So How was your week? It was a whirlwind of a week. Yeah. You know, one of those weeks where it starts off great, and then Tuesday rolls around, it's not as good as Monday, and you're like, man, I had a good Monday. How the hell did that happen? Yeah. Wednesday, Thursday are okay. Friday's great, and then Saturday's like, mm. had some sickness in the family, so we're trying to get over that, and, uh, you know, just a lot of things going on right now. But I think <laughs> at the end of the day, the good thing is kids are happy and healthy, and yeah, you went to an orchard? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Had a great time. That's a big thing around here. Yep, for we sure. Have a few options. Yep. We went out to I believe it's called uh Christ's Orchard. Okay. Out in Elmwood. Uh, really good good place. I'd love to give a shout out to them. Definitely go out and check them out. It's hmm. not too far. Um, basically just uh, if you're heading out of Peoria, take the Kickapoo exit and head out past the Peoria landfill and they're about, you know, maybe five or six miles from there. So it's a really short hop for us. And they have a wide array of apples and cider jam, like pretty much everything you'd want out of, out of an orchard. And the cool thing for us was the kids, you know, the, we went, we're walking in and the farmer there was like, hey, be sure to, you know, grab some apples and sample them while you're walking through and save the cores. That way you can give them to the pigs and the turkeys and the alpaca that we have. Uh, you know, because he liked to munch on those things, too. So Alpaca. Super nice people. Uh, I couldn't say enough about that, for sure. Um, <clears throat> but a great place, tons of variety. We walked around there for two hours. <laughs> and the kids, were they didn't want to leave. Uh, it was incredible. So they I think Eleanor's high point was the pigs eating mm. the apples. And then Warren liked when we went and picked pumpkins. Mm. I got a couple of uh, pumpkins to carve for, you know, jack-o'-lanterns. And I... Courtney told me, uh, my wife told me that we should get the biggest pumpkin I can carry. Mm. So I found a pumpkin literally, like Chris Chris sized, mm -hmm. you know. And I picked your ass up out of there and I hauled you home. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to get carved. Yep. No, 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 you're gonna be decoration. Okay. So you're you're over Same. by the mums. Yes. You're just a, a monstrous. 
thing for people to, to look at and Something gaze at and at. admire. So yeah, that was my week. How was Just yours? Just like my real life. Um, <laughs> no, my week was fun. Uh, Chell had a long week prior week, so uh, this week she had a week off, and I started school. I'm taking some fun classes, learning to write advertising music. Wow. Learning yeah. to uh, master the art of vocal production. Look out, guys. If you need a jingle or something to promote your business, here's your guy right here. It's the best I got. That was my uh, elevator dance. Yeah. People often talk about the elevator speech. Okay. You know, no one talks about the elevator dance. You know, that's something, especially in entertainment. You know, say you're you're standing next to someone mm. in the fine art of dancing, and mm. you mm. want to impress them, and you're going to do the foxtrot out of the elevator yes. just to show them that you can do it. And you probably need a partner, so you're going to grab that person and just jump on out. But hey. Foxtrot, that's a good, uh, yeah. good callback. Oh, too. man, I have danced the waltz, mm -hmm. I've danced the rumba, the cha-cha. Two-step? Um, I honestly don't know. Yeah, it's the, not much so, different. Yeah, we, we did some dance lessons, and you guys saw the rumba at our wedding. That was fun. Very good. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm a huge fan of dancing. It's a good time to get out and enjoy yourself with your spouse and have a good time. Yeah, so I was uh, made to take tap and jazz lessons as a kid me too yeah. and tumbling and yeah tumbling didn't last long for me i think i failed out about the headstands really yeah oh man just didn't make it past that i love that backflips and never did any wheels. of that never i oh, did cartwheels yeah i don't I made you're a nimble kind of guy you could do it i'm sure no, no i'm not nimble at all no no i don't doubt you well you should there <laughs> uh, so, so it'll take you on my next climbing expedition yeah right so so my parents stick me in this tap and jazz and uh small town right and uh me one other kid the other kid does ballet cares about it and is good at it and there's me who has no coordination whatsoever and then later, I think it was literally the first time I brought Chelsea to Thanksgiving. Uh, they tell her, you know, yeah, we made Christian dance lessons. He was just so uncoordinated. Thanks, now guys. that's how you sell yourself. How you sell your child Tears. to their perspective. Yeah. Future spouse. So, my gosh. Yep. <clears throat> I'm sure my parents sold me short, too, somewhere down the line. So, hey, that's par for the course. That's what parents you, do. Just take it. And she probably found it endearing. I hope so. I hope so. You're so uncoordinated. I love you. Yeah. Yeah, basically. <laughs> nice. Uh, can cool. you do a headstand? <laughs> yeah, man. So you're back at school, rocking away? Back, yes. And so this weekend, we got to go down to St. Louis. It was... Uh, St. Louis. Yep. My mom and dad took us down there for a little family vacay. And uh, we did the St. Louis Zoo. Oh, man. I love that place. I seriously re highly recommend it. Free. Harrison was <clears throat> totally on board. Uh for the zoo. What all did you guys see? Um, you know, his. I think the coolest thing he saw was the hippos. Oh, yeah. They have that underwater part yep. where you can actually see them swimming. Diving in. Great videos Huge, of that. aren't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Harry, I feel like he was just like so excited to interact with everybody there. Oh, yeah. And uh, we did a carousel ride, which was fun. Uh, Evelyn got a big kick out of it, but then we went to the Magic House. Oh, which I believe is in Kirkland, yep. Missouri. Been there forever. I went there as a kid. It is huge now, dude. Yeah. It is. They've expanded. Okay. So so much. Awesome. It's like massive. Yeah. And uh, Evelyn got the biggest kick out of that place. I mean, the first floor was a little hit or miss because there was it was geared for older kids. Evelyn's just you know year and a half ish, and um, but then we got up to the second floor. There were like 
little villages designed for kids. There was like little restaurants that had kitchen areas where the in a market, so the Dude, kids could. I mean, it was just so nuts. much fun. Dude, it was nothing like that when I was a kid. No, it was huge. Wow. It was huge. They had a uh, a cool window set up that was uh, Good Night Moon, uh, which I read that to my son and daughter every night. That's that's my book currently that I read to them. Okay. So I have like it memorized, and uh, they have like the windows that are like you can look inside, and it was the room with all the cow jumping over the moon, okay. two kittens, two mittens, bowl of mush. So it fit right in for you guys. It was cool. Awesome. Yeah, Harrison was good not feeling as good the next day. He was ready to get home. Yeah. So, but he, I mean, still, even not feeling good, he was really still enamored with the place. Hard not to like that when you're a kid. I mean, yeah, just everything about it. We did the uh, what is it? The is it a Vandegraaff machine? Stick your hand on it. Stick your hair up. I honestly don't know, but yeah, that sounds we did that right. Thing. You, you put your so hand. So if you're on out there and you're listening. Be sure to correct us. Yeah, please. Uh, yeah, so that was my week. And uh, so we pushed recording again this week. We're all off. Yeah. It's just life. life. You guys know how it is. So we're here yeah. for you. We're going to keep going every day as much as possible. Get back on it Friday this coming week. God yeah. willing. Yeah, right. God willing. Uh, announce your plans to the world. It's a good way to hear God laugh, though. So I can hear him up there. Oh, oh, oh. Or higher pitch if it's a woman. You think I'm cool you're going to record Friday? She's probably like, yeah, I am a woman. Mm-hmm. Shut your mouth. Hopefully with a British accent. Oh, that'd be so cool. That'd be nice. Love me a British accent. Yeah. So, uh, this week's topic. Oh, man. <laughs> the most pointless segue. Yeah, uh, right? <laughs> no, it's all good. We should dive right in because this is a topic that I have been curious about for a long time. Did not know a ton about I'd say still don't know a ton about because it's so complex. Like, yeah, I was you... skeptical when you when you put it out there, and then like the first video I read uh, or watched on it, excuse me, I was like, "This is cool." Yeah, like, this is. It's so much, and like, we're not gonna get into the nitty gritty. We can't because if we did, this would be a probably three day long, <laughs> not only commentary but also hard fact, you know, uh, read through. I mean, I think it. I think the FEC, the Federal Election Commission's law uh book that is on their website is like uh 256 pages long yeah i condensed it down to the top 10 yeah uh, laws highlights you know. highlights yeah laws well uh, highlights of those laws correct yeah, super important top 10 it's a lot we're trying to maybe not do like a mental health thing with like 600 years of history crammed in yeah we don't want to do that on this one no. there's not 600 years to talk about in this regard surprisingly you know that's that's the interesting thing there's surprisingly little in regards of actual uh law or legislation i mean there's a substantial amount don't get me wrong but when you go back yeah when you go back that there's these big gaps i mean if you look yeah. at um oh man Way johnson uh you mean jackson? jackson sorry yep gosh yep flash sure. show mix up uh, he had sure some weird things going on during that time it wasn't like abnormal uh, for your staff to be the ones expected to help yeah. fund your campaign. Your staff's like throwing in because we want to get reelected, guys. I need to so. keep my job. Yeah. So, uh, and then and then the other thing I think is interesting is, is like throughout this history, whenever we do something to fix something, something else bad happens. Oh, yeah. A new evil, Unintended a new... consequences is a common theme when you're talking about election law. Right. You know, it's kind of unfortunate, too, because this democracy was founded... You know, the intent of providing the everyday man and yeah. woman and, you know, everybody of legal age to, to provide their 
you know, input in the election. Right? Yeah. You get to vote. That's your choice. That's your right as an American to vote. And uh, with that being said, I think it's interesting, you know, as there's been um, evolutions through our society, right? We've grown and prospered. Uh, influence has changed. I mean, we're not the colonies, the 13 colonies that we were when the nation was founded. Right. And so as time has changed, you know, there have been factions and families and corporations, all kinds unions. of entities. Yes. Yeah. Unions. Absolutely. Labor's played a massive role in the future. Germany's Germany, back. welcome. Dude, we missed you. Not well, really. Well, I don't know. <laughs> no, not really. We would take you out if we could. I've tried. So, uh... Several attempts. <laughs> yeah. And so, basically, you know, my point there is as the nation has evolved, the complexity of not only law, but also those that are working to follow the law yeah. and exploit it for their own interests has just grown. Yeah. I mean, think about how much money is spent. I can't remember the billions. I want to say it was the average The average uh, successful campaign ran uh, congressional run in 2014 was... Uh, it was ridiculous. All of them were near, near a billion dollars. Or no, I'm sorry, a uh, hundred million dollars. Right. Yes. So I'm talking totals. I was yes. reading something yeah, like yeah, 1.5 right. billion. I, I don't presidential don't quote me on that one. But just massive. presidential campaigns. It, this, with Trump and Hillary, reached a billion dollars. It was. It's just ridiculous the amount of money flowing through these campaign influence. Right. It's what they're after. They just want to make sure that the, uh, just want to. They they want to make sure that the messages that, that are key to their campaigns and, and their outreach are what makes it through. Yes, and we've done, we've feels like we've gone backwards more recently, but before we dive in, let's hit some, like, yep. big words. Not really. Let's just go with... We need to paint a picture. Yeah, and get you painting. used to the vernacular. We're going to get a whiteboard, guys, so we can draw this stuff, and like Chris can laser pointer and, and talk through it. We're not there yet, so he's going to paint a visual picture for you and talk through some of how this works. So in campaign finance, we need to understand the players. And the players are going to be the candidate, the person running, yep. the party they're affiliated with. Yep. So either the DNC or RNC, the two big players in America. Yep. Um, we also are going to need to understand what PACs are, political yes. action committees. Types of PACs. Then there are, uh, of course, our corporate or uh, corporations, excuse me, or labor unions. Yep. And then there are us, the individuals. Uh, the other thing we need to address is soft money and hard money. Right. So hard money, to put it simply, is money directly given to the candidate. Right. Directly affiliated with the, campa the campaign. And it'd be like, you know, today in our current campaign cycle, Biden... Warren, Sanders, Buttigieg, all these folks are talking about, I need a certain campaign contribution of X amount of dollars by right. certain date for various reasons. Um, but the, the point is they're wanting monies from the individual contributors, in this case, to qualify for primary elections. But, and I, I've read a few different places, but I believe the, the limit is $5,000. Something like that. Cap. I mean, for just an individual contribution? I, anybody, I believe. Yeah, individual. individual so, directly to the candidate. Yeah. So... Um, that's about right. Yep, that's correct. Okay. Now, the other thing to talk about, though, is soft money. And this is money that is used by maybe the DNC or the RNC for what's called uh, party building. Um, they're also allowed to use soft money for... And party building, I'm sorry. Would that be like increasing voter turnout? Right. Um, so, 
gaining, gaining more people for the Republican Party, for example. Right. right. We want more people to contribute to. We want more people to join the Republican Party, and we so want, then they can become part of that machine. That's, and we that's need to want them to turn out. Correct. So, turn out for those candidates, present our cause, win them over, and then they're now voting Republican, and we'll vote, you know, hopefully across the ticket. Yeah. Republican. So the other thing we need to talk about then is the independent expenditure packs. Okay. Which why anybody calls them that, I do not know. Well, they're supposed to be independent, right? Yeah, well, and that's the thing. But basically... No direct it, party affiliation. Right? But neither are PACs. Right. Yeah. You're right. So, but they, they're, these are called super PACs. That's the, what we all know them as. Well, the, there's, there's, there are regular ones, but there's also super PACs. Yep, we have, yes. And Today, super PACs are what predominate. Yeah, yes, they do. And that's, we'll discuss that. But um, there's no limits to super PACs. They're allowed, there's yep. some rules... When do you do the Loose. rules? We'll get into the rules later. Yeah. Um, the differences between the packs. So those are the words. Those are, that's the vernacular we're going to be dealing with. And I think we can pretty much dive in. Just uh, since, like Brent said, super packs are the main thing we kind of have to deal with today. Yep. Um, just a couple statistics on there. Love my stats. Yeah. 69% of Americans say that super packs should be illegal. That's according to the Washington Post from March 2012. Now, here's another fun one about super PACs. Believe that. 68% of super PAC funds come from just 216 donors. I totally believe that, too. I mean, you hear about this kind of like in the fray of the news about... Or just listen to Bernie. A small... You know, you know I definitely... Yeah, he does talk about it quite a bit. But I'm just saying, like, you hear... If you're listening and reading the news, that's where you're getting little tidbits about, you know, it's a small number of donors. Is that, you know, yeah. I believe that 100%. Think about how many billionaires and millionaires there are out there. Think about how many friends you have on Facebook. Yeah. And, like, it's going to probably be more than 216. Hopefully. And they have so much political sway. I mean, they're argued that they don't, but I think we all know that's not true. Well, the fact is, the sway is with them in that their vote is what dictates the outcome. But the, the lack of, um, I guess... The fact that 216 people or organizations, whatever, can contribute 60, almost 70% of the funds going to super PACs, which are the predominant players when it comes to the campaign machine, right? They're, they're funneling the majority of the money in that allow these candidates to get marketing out there to the hell out in, of the function. Yeah, in political advertising. I yeah. think that's be the fairest. That's what drives it, right? Yep. And if you're won over by advertising, we're all victims of, I call it victims of advertising, sure. right? I see Domino's on TV, I'm like, man, I want to order me a pizza. Oh, buddy, that's not being a victim. I'm just saying. That's winning. <laughs> well, it is winning for us. Yes. But you're victims of other things. Your kids, when you put cartoons on, yeah. what happens, especially like on demand, if you have Comcast or Netflix, any of them, there's a little cartoon that'll play and all of a sudden, boop. Bring on Barbie doll or whatever the hell else cart you know thing. Oh, you know. I know. Harrison's getting to the point where he doesn't want to skip, skip those. Right. Yeah. And cartoons also, it's it's very um, under the radar. I think. Maybe not. Maybe all you guys are smarter than me. You too. Um, what do you got? Disney and them will say, "Tune into this. Yeah. Make sure you watch this." Like they use the words that kids know. Buzzwords. It's super simple. Like command. Yeah, action. Call to action. And to parents, it's like super, I don't know. I feel like when you're off making dinner 
or you're cleaning up or doing whatever and they're just watching a little bit of TV, uh, you're not tuning into that. Like sometimes I watch and I catch those and I'm like, man, that's more powerful than I think most of us give it credit. Like sure. I, I still let it happen, it, yeah. you know, all the time. Right. But I feel like at the end of the day, it's just part of that, you know, it grabs you. So that's what we're getting at here. Marketing is the probably the most influential thing, especially with the words that are used to, to portray it. Even surveys I get on uh, YouTube when I'm watching videos, especially from the Trump administration asking me to support. Hey, Gemini. Yep. Wish I have my freaking. I know. I have a fly gun off Amazon. Order that if you don't, uh, because it shoots salt and it will kill every fly in sight. It, you'll become Rambo flies. The bug of salt. Yep. That's not you. No, it's, he's not making that noise. We should still take him out. Somebody else. Yep. It's happening. Oh, he Ninja. That was crazy. It's probably going to sting me now, bastard. I don't think crickets do that. Maybe not. I think you're safe. He'll find a way. Take my knife off my side and stab me with it. I think Jiminy got the message too, though. Yeah. Silence. You know what, Jiminy? We heard enough of you. Yeah. You're done. I know. I know. So. Yeah, these crickets. Uh, sorry. You want to talk about a bit of the history? Yeah, let's dive in. Let's. I mean, we need a foundation here. So where did this all come from? Uh, well, back. a lot of this starts with us uh, when McKinley gets uh, assassinated. Yep. And Teddy Roosevelt takes over. TR. Yep. Good old TR. He's the first guy in 1905 to put forth this idea that we should have some kind of campaign finance. Yep. Because in that time, uh, past the whole spoils, uh, it, having your team vote for you in. Yep. The, Pay for you to be supported. Yep. Yeah. The tactic at the time was to threaten corporations and say, if uh, you don't give us some money, we like, might, you know, pass strong some legislation. Strong arm man. Yeah, exactly. Give me some freaking money or your legislation is going to be going for your competitor. So it was, it's called the Tillman Act of 1907. It's the first time the U.S. passed legislation dealing with campaign finance, uh, making contributions to a national political campaigns. Yep. Um, so it literally made uh, contributions from corporations illegal. Right. Kind of the start of limiting influence. Like, how did we get it right? In 1907, and 1905, he talks about it in his uh, State of the Union. 1906, he puts it forth again, and it's the Senator Benjamin Tillman of South Carolina, and uh, he's the guy that sponsors it. Yep. Now, it had loopholes out the wazoo, and that's going to be the story of campaign laws, finance, throughout this whole thing. It's constant. It didn't apply to primaries. And corporations would circumvent this by asking their execs or their whatever, their people, to oh, yeah. donate. Yep. And then they would give them bonuses at the end of the year to compensate. Exactly. So, uh, again, it was a good idea, but there was nothing in place to actually in enforce this. Yeah. And we're not going to have anything for a while. <laughs> right. So, uh, 1910, we get the Federal Corruption Practices Act. And this uh, makes this is where we get the campaign spending limits. Uh, it where we get public disclosure of financial spending comes from this. 1939, we get the Hatch Act, which prevents uh, employees in the executive branch from yep. engaging in political activities. Yeah, that's a big. That's like a milestone. And it's something that Kellyanne Conway got reprimanded. 
Well, yeah. Well, no, she didn't. I mean, you got called out. I guess you could called out. Yeah, they in the they sense thought she should be fired. Correct. There was a recommendation. Correct. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Reprimanded in the sense that it was, it was recommended by an official government organization that she should be sure. removed from her position. And we all agree here. Yeah, we do. Stuck. She's a hack. Yeah. Her husband's a hack too, but less crazy than her. I know. I like that they differ. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that a, isn't that a, like a true husband and wife dynamic? Like, they're both just, I don't know how the hell they got in, in together. <laughs> so, uh, after 1939, yep, after Hatch. we have the Taft-Hartley Act. Oh, uh, man. Shout out to Ted. Shout out. Yeah, actually, I talked to him uh, doing the show. And uh, it doesn't think we're related at all, but uh, eh, this guy was from New Jersey. So, Taft-Hartley Act of 1947. This was amidst the communist scare that we kind of talked about leading up to McCarthyism. Yep. Check out McCarthyism, one of our previous shows. That was tribalism. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a whole whole other thing. It's but, yeah, show. check it out. So uh, the fear of communism was uh, pretty big in America. And the fear was that communists were infiltrating unions. Yep. And because unions could still donate, whereas corporations couldn't, right. they gave Influence. an unfair advantage The communists after us for the unions. So um, this capped campaign contributions by unions. It actually limited them in the Taft-Hartley Act. Okay. Now we get to the Federal Election Campaign Act of 1971. Everyone mark your calendars, right? Uh, celebrate it. It was enacted in 72. This focused on increased disclosure of contributions for the federal campaigns. Uh, in 74, it was amended to place legal limits on campaign contributions and expenditures. It also created the FEC, which is... Finally, something to enforce all these good rules uh, that people have tried to enact since 1907. It was the first federal, I would call it regulatory body. Wow. That monitored the campaign, uh, monitored campaign spending and disclosure. Took a long time. That's 1972. Like to actually have oversight. Right. And it's, I don't know, it's scary. It's amazing. So, uh, this gets amended quite a few times. Couple highlights. 1976, the FEC uh, would allow unlimited hard money on increasing voter turnout and registration. Is it me or is he being exceptionally loud? Yeah, he's pissed. Yeah, he's mad. The death spot did not work, and no. now he's angered. Yep. So, uh, 1979, the FEC rules that political parties could spend unregulated soft money on party-building activities, and this later turns into ads for candidates, or ads for candidate-related issues. Yep. So, uh, then, we don't really have much till uh, 1991, McCain tries to put forth this, uh, Bipartisan Campaign Reform Act, and it goes nowhere. And then in 2002, uh, well, during 2000, he pushed a lot for campaign finance stuff. There were some Enron scandals and stuff that yeah. occurred. In, so, you know, um, it's good. I think John McCain did a lot for us there, like a good a service to America to try to put in place yeah. some more oversight. And it's called the McCain-Feingold Act. It was yep. enacted in 2002. That's what we were talking about earlier that I got confused on. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and this, this did a lot. It... Um, it amended the Federal Election Campaign Act of 71. It decreased the role of soft money. It's where the whole, I, Chris Tapp, 
approve this message. It's where that came from. It really tried to it tried to put limits on soft money, where people uh, would have to disclose where the money was going, disclose where the money was coming from, yep. and tried to put some caps on things. The other thing it did, and this is important to note, it limited packs, and I'm sorry, I believe super packs. Moreover, from running those uh, candidate affiliated uh, ads. Directly. Directly. It was uh, 30 days before a general and 60 days before primary. Primary. Yep. That's what I read, too. And this is where we have a couple problems occur. Michael Moore. I know. I was, like, so surprised to see his name come with this. But he actually plays a role in this. I'm not a massive fan, I'll be honest. I honestly like him. I like like his movies. There's nothing wrong with them. Yeah. Like, I... I don't necessarily care for him. I just, I don't know. I feel like he's a crusader. Like, yeah. I, I just, I don't know. I respect that. There's nothing, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, per se, but yeah. you you know how I feel about mm-hmm. some folks that feel like they're on a crusade and have to save everyone. And guess what? Not everybody wants to be saved. No, so, you're right. Anyways, sorry. He does mm-hmm. the... Um, movie? Does the movie. And I feel bad. I can't remember what movie it is. Off the top of my head, I should have written I have no down. idea. Um, I, I want to say it's the Fahrenheit... 11.9, but that's not right. Uh, maybe it was Bowling for Con. Anyways, he does this movie. Yep. And uh, it gets taken to court because uh, the people claim that it is violating this 60-90 day clause from the, what do they call it? The Bakra? The McCain-Feingold Act. Oh. It's got a lot of names. I okay. tried to remember that. They have this catchy little acronym pushed together. Oh, the Bipartisan Campaign Reform Act? Yeah, it's a Bic- BICRA. Yeah. BICRA. I don't know. Anyways, that. Acronyms. So, they take it to the courts, and they say that Michael Moore is violating this because he's releasing it. And they say, they come back, and they rule, no, he's not. It's just a movie. Yep. Um... Free speech. Free speech, okay. So then, in the 2000, 2000 election, yep, must have been Bowling for Columbine. So then we get to the 2000 election, we have this uh, political action, Citizens United. Uh, oh, PAC, yes. Okay, yep. a super PAC, I believe. And they see what happened with the Michael Moore thing, and they think that that movie was politically motivated. It got through, so they're they're going to do it, and they make this movie called Hillary. Very subtle. It's not a promo, and and it's not. I mean, it's tearing her to pieces. It's a very smear campaign, whatever. And um, basically, they um, they lose the lower courts battle, and they get told. Correct. Um, that it is political. It is political, and that you can't, you can't do this and whatever. So they push it, and they go take it to the Supreme Court. Oh, now. Yeah. Yep. And uh, funny thing is, Hillary didn't even win the nomination that year, and no. Barack Obama goes on to win the president. Right. Right. So, largely doesn't even matter. But what this does when it gets to the Supreme Court is, um, it's the famous Citizens vs. United. Yep. Uh, or Citizens United versus the FE- FEC. took it. Excuse yep. me, I'm sorry. You're right. And this rolled back like a hundred years of right. campaign regulations. What did the court decide? Yes, the, it was a five to four decision. And they basically say that, nope, you can donate unlimited money. They rule that because... As the PACs. Because of the PACs. Yep. And they rule that 
Ah, they rule that there's <laughs> there's no no limit on the soft money spent. They it's just so bad. Yeah, it's they, like a, and they, their arguments were it was a slippery slope with regulation. Right, they were worried that they would have to regulate all kinds of other different entities and individuals. They you know, said, "How do you regulate?" It's a slippery slope between a media company and a political actor. Yep, and there's an argument about you know wanting to keep government small and not just have it explode with regulation. And I mean, so I think that was what they were worried about. I like to think of the movie uh, <clears throat> that I can't remember the name of. The remember, remember the fifth of November. Uh, gosh, the guy wore the guy fox mask. Terrible job. You're not gonna. It's the guy. Sorry, man. I know. Usually we're good at this. We have to look too. I'm like, I know. I'm reaching, but it's not there. It's the movie, man. That uh, one movie. Damn v. it. V for Vendetta. Oh. I got there. Did you see that? That was a very strange movie. Okay. Interesting but, though. But you could argue. I could see in in the Supreme Court's verdict and their and their ruling i could see in their minds where if they would have had to go against citizens united where eventually they'd be dealing with movies like that is that a political movie because it makes a point against big government or against like against the man the man yeah more or less you know and that's where i can see where i can see where their basis was coming from but then they just effed everything up in allowing unlimited yeah, monies it. from corporations, yep. which wasn't done before. It allowed corporations to uh, have their have their money directly invest into super PACs. Yep. So, like, before, like, let's say you're a shareholder. Yep. You knew your money wasn't going to go towards a campaign. Right. It's going towards the business. Yep. And, and now it, now it can. And now you're, yes. And then whole troves of executives and heads of companies are telling all their management staff that we need to contribute to this super PAC because they're going to be influential to our candidate who's going to drive business for us. Yes. So, and now, um, I'll turn it over to you in a second. I was going to do a couple of different between the PACs and the no, super PACs. No, it's all good. We need some detail there. So, uh, two things they have in common. There is no coordinating with the candidates. Supposed to be. Yep. So, uh, now, a PAC must register with the FEC. $5,000 cap from individuals. And there's a $5,000 uh, cap that that the, a PAC can directly give to a candidate. So, but let's say there's a PAC and they have $8,000 or $10,000, okay? And they give it to Brent Miller for president, and they have five thousand dollars left over. Well, now they can run it for ads, maybe for things that Brent believes in. Yep. And it doesn't have to mention Brent. Doesn't yep. have to, but it could be for the uh, issues related to. Yeah, that are important to me. Say I'm running for office, and I'm trying to. Donald impact. Trump is an easier one. Go for it. Yeah, like. Uh, build a wall. Yep. Like, we gotta build the wall. They don't have to say what candidate they're talking about. For me, it would be immigration reform. Ooh, nice. Nice. See? I don't know what it would be for me. Well, I'm just countering the wall. Yeah. We don't need the wall. We need immigrants, for yeah. sure. Like, immigrants do a lot of things for this country. We need them. We, and I don't disagree with the point from the administration, we're not talking about immigration, but I don't disagree with the point that they should be, you know, uh, there should be a wide array of folks, folks that need asylum. There should be folks that, you know, need a chance just to start a new country. There should be folks that are well-educated and want to contribute in science I would and encourage, technology. I would encourage everyone to watch John Oliver's uh, recent show on legal immigration because they, they talk about, um, like, the 
to process the well, God, we're going down a slippery slope. To process the legal Squirrel. immigration from applicants from India, they're like twelve years behind. Oh yeah. And like, if you're gonna make a legal oh, way man. to get into this country, it has to be a legit legal way. It's not legit at all. It's like a freaking free for all right now. Anyways, back so, on packs, super packs. Yeah. So uh, again, packs, five thousand dollar cap from individuals, and they can only give five thousand directly to a candidate. Yep. They can use that other money as soft money yep. because it's not going directly to the candidate. Um, now, into causes, super packs. Uh, they cannot give candidates money directly. Period. Right. There's no. But there is absolutely no limits from individuals, corporations, or unions on how much they give. Yep. It's amazing. It's amazing. That's where we're running into billion-dollar campaigns, you know, and the rest of us are sitting there making normal money like, where the hell's my cut? This is crazy. You guys can spend that much just trying to like each other? And that's the thing. I watched this TED Talk on, uh, did you watch that one I sent you? I sent you so many. I'm sorry. I'm not sure if I watched the TED Talk. Yeah, uh, basically this guy gets up there and he talks about how much money was used to win the past congressional elections. He breaks that down to like a senator from the day they get oh, elected has to make four thousand raise four thousand dollars a day. Yeah, a congressman has to raise a thousand dollars a day just to to keep up with what they're going to need to get reelected. Right, and, and based on the current system, based on it's not necessarily system. their fault. It just is what it is. It just is what it is. There's, and there's been, like, we're skipping over a lot of stuff. Oh, man. There was, there was a millionaire clause in the in the uh, McCain-Feingold Act that was trying to stop millionaires who could self-fund themselves. Yep. Because that's not putting the interest of Americans. That was gone. Uh, Citizens United struck that down. And because, now let's talk about the other thing Citizens United did. They opened up money from corporations. Well, who's to say a corporation has only Americans on the board? That's right. So, you know, corporate structure can, in ownership, can be anybody and everybody. It's a multinational corporation, and they yeah. can give unlimited money to a super PAC. Yeah. So, say you're oil and gas, and you really want, you don't want America to be opened up for more expansion of mining, and you're the Saudis, or another country that's got a lot of uh, the Russians, hmm. a lot yeah. of oil on the market, um, I would definitely be lobbying hard and investing in campaigns that were for folks that did not want to expand drilling in america that's a great point yeah um and I, at that point i can turn it over to you yeah you because you looked into some of the we need to talk about some loopholes the loopholes. oh my gosh it is kind of <laughs> ridiculous i'm a you know i'm not relying on paper today i went digital nice uh but i Fancy. found some i found some really good news sources especially nbc they had a really good article about campaign finance laws being just full of loopholes hmm. um you know a lot of times it, it, it's everything from ballot measure committees people are trying to get um amendments to state constitutions across um to uh investments in uh charities and other uh travel reimbursement right sure uh it's amazing what uh different entities will do to try to sweeten the deal for their their candidate right hmm. so they'll push their uh their cause. So one of the interesting ones, uh, Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm. the governor. Right? Arnold. Yeah. So in the first six months of his 2009 campaign, he raised $6.5 million. Wow. Now that's not massive compared to the federal you right. know, size elections, but he only had kind of like the feds, uh, federal side of things, 23 contributors that contributed over a hundred thousand dollars. 
So, big time players. Wait, did he know rich people? I'm willing to bet he did. Fair. Probably because he's one of them. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so that money went to what was called uh, Schwarzenegger's California Dream Team. It was basically a general political fund, a slush fund type thing, where he was throwing money at ballot measure campaigns to pass all kinds of different um, tax uh, legislation and different things, a lot of which was good for California. But think about that. With the good, there's the bad. People wielding power through this, right? And there were people on the other side of those initiatives that were not happy about what he was able to push across the finish line just because of all this money coming from rich donors, right, supporting his cause. Mm. Um, and that was all legal. Yeah, 100%. And it's crazy. Schwarzenegger actually became one of the most prolific uh, campaign fundraisers in California history because over the total totality of his four-year span, he raised more than $125 million for these different campaign committees pushing different uh, initiatives and they were all donating money to his wife and him in terms of their the charities they supported not directly to them right but things that they cared about making sure that those two were also feeling some of the some of the love hmm. right um not not none of it was illegal at all uh so let's move on to some other folks um the palin family hmm. yeah so when uh, they were, uh, basically, when Palin was running for office or governorship of Alaska, right, um, there was several uh, large oil and gas uh, and, and other kinds of mineral extracting companies that were, were contributing uh, to super PACs that were just pushing her like no other. And these are the folks that wanted her to open up more of Alaska to mining and uh, surveying mm. for minerals and other fossil fuels. So you're talking about, and I don't have money, I don't have dollars on that, but just a large amount of her, the, the funds that paid for the expenses of her inaugural balls and travel for her family came from those oil and gas mineral running family or, or companies. Hmm. Yeah, right? So talk about influence there. You want something done? And I've heard this a lot uh, throughout my adult life. Anytime you're wondering how something's happening, where the power comes from, follow the money. Because it will lead you to what you're looking for. Okay, another good one. In Wisconsin, several corporations, uh, and this gets into travel, right? Which is, a lot of these politicians don't travel commercial, right? They're flying private. So several corporations spent thousands and thousands of dollars to send Republican lawmakers to a meeting in, uh, for the American Legislative Executive Exchange Council in Chicago, hmm. right? And so, basically, um, they're just supporting the travel, these folks. So they're putting them on nice private jets. They're whisking them off to some council meeting. So, it's just, that's a small thing. But you think about it, it's just happening constantly. And I was talking to you earlier today, or uh, maybe the past couple of days, about Scott Pruitt, the former head of the EPA. Like, I believe, and don't quote me on this, but I'm nearly positive part of the issue that forced him out was the fact that he had to reimburse hundreds of thousands of dollars for private travel expenses that violated the the uh, legis or I'm sorry the regulations that that uh, govern his office. Like he yeah. could not accept directly from companies that were uh, going to be potentially influencing him, him as the EPA head. Yeah, and he was staying. I know he was staying in rooms for yes. too cheap. Like, right. Do it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They weren't and fair market value. That whole thing happened here with Aaron Shock. Yeah. Right. 
he was in real estate. Aaron Schock was was a former, uh, I believe, Republican House member, federal level, and uh, he was in the state too, I believe, before that. But basically, he as a real estate uh, broker, he was selling how or people were buying houses for more than their market value, and he was raking in all his money. I believe behind the scenes, knowing he was going to go for political office and become more politically influential for people in the area. He didn't get in trouble for that, though. He didn't. No. No. And that's not what was illegal. Other federal charges. Correct. He was convicted, but not for that. No. And so that's that's the legal shit. His staff on a trip, I believe. Well, they tripped him off because his his whole office was decorated like Downton Abbey. It looked nice. It did lie. look badass, yeah. but guess what, man? People are going to start looking at that and go, hmm, where did you get this sleek stuff from? How much could I know? I know. So we got to move on to one more good example I got at least. Um, <clears throat> so Senator Ron Calder, Calderon of a Democrat. So I'm being fair here. I'm, I'm you know, going after Republicans and Democrats. Uh, state Senator from California. Was this three something? Yep. He... Uh, fairly recent, he uh, basically had his election results challenged. And so, in the span of three months, he raised $165,000 for legal defense. And that money was spent on $62,000 at golf resorts for fundraising events, uh, $12,000 for credit card payments. wonder if his wife went to Nordstrom's or something. And then uh, another $39,000 for campaign consultants. Hey, Chris, would you like to earn $39,000 for sitting at a table with me for lunch and being my consultant? Sounds really nice, Brent. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you could use thirty-nine grand right now, but... You know, I mean... Pocket change. I'm doing it for everybody else. Right? And then, again, of that money that he raised, $165,000, only $35,000 was paid directly for legal or accounting services for those campaign uh, election results. Isn't that just shocking? That is a shockingly small percentage. You're just like, where's the money going? What an expensive day on the links. How much? 62000 Yeah, so on... I can give you the exact number again here. Uh, yeah, sixty-two grand at golf resorts. That is wild. That's ridiculous. Like, that's paying for everybody and their brother to eat and wine and dine and go out and hit the links and... Like, and though I, you know, you put that money up for those campaign uh, fundraisers, and guess what? All those people that are getting wined and dined are, hey, I'm gonna donate to that super PAC because this person is a person for me. Yep. He's taking care of me. He or she is taking care of me, right? And I was wondering this too because we were talking earlier about, you know, where's all that money go? Say the campaign doesn't work out, you know? Yeah. Where's all that cash go? It turns out that that shockingly isn't so easy to just and i mean i may be naive and not totally well read enough on this topic but it felt like to me that that was not as easily um, manipulated as uh other ways that this money's being used like basically they burn through the cash as much as possible because from what we you know i, I read and what you'd sent me um you know an effective campaign is, is using the money to get the message out there yeah. so if you don't spend all the cash <laughs> you're not doing your job yeah especially if you lost Right, and so if you did lose and there's money in the bank still, there's not actually a ton of things you can do with that cash that would be like a direct influence. Even if you had a charity and you're on the board, they couldn't. You can't throw the cash right at that. Um, 
you know, there's in, definitely no personal expenses taken care of there. You can donate it to, you know, a future campaign for yourself. Um, not you directly, but your, your your campaign can use that money for future uh, runs at office and other things. Uh, or other, you know, you can sponsor other campaigns. And there's any number of things. And we'll link to all these different avenues through which you can use that cash. But just point being, it's not that they rake in, you know, $100 million and then all of a sudden it just gets poof. It's an Arnold's you know, bank account, when things are all said and done, if he lost, whatever's left is actually having to go to some things that, right. uh, you know, are not directly related Not to personal gain. Yep. Sorry. Yeah, the Turn it back over. Top 10, uh, we'll go with the top 10 campaign laws or rules. Yeah. Uh, first one, he's got to collect names. You got to know who your donors Where's are. Where's the money coming from? Where's the money coming from? Uh, businesses can't contribute to a candidate. Um... But or participate in normal packs, but they do have super packs, right? That they can get in. So that's where they get in the money, then. Yeah. Yes. Uh, number three, occupation and employee info is required for contributors of two hundred dollars or more in a year. Seems like a small amount. Yeah, it's amazing. They want to know where you're working, where the money's coming from. But I mean, after talking about what we know now i mean we can understand why they want to know that because they want to make sure the businesses aren't asking their employees to pay it yeah i mean wouldn't it be interesting no, I, if, I i get that one yeah it's like kill the super packs and allow that one right like if you're if you're gonna follow the money then why the hell have it's like <laughs> i have a wall and then guess what i'm down with trump and i just want to put a hole in that wall just walk on through guys uh the other one is clear expenditures you have to have clear what would you say? Records of your expenditures. Right. Follow paper trail. Yep. Uh, you have to keep, number five, you have to keep six years of receipts. Right. Again, paper trail. Audit trail. Uh, number six, you can't use state or municipal employees for um, Right. Folks in office. Yeah. They can't solicit the money. Yes. Uh, especially use their office. Too. Right. Yeah. They can't do something else, though, too, right? Uh, as far as the, uh, the like the treasury, maybe they can't be like a treasurer. Oh yeah, public employees can't be a uh, treasurer on okay. political committees. Is that a separate thing? Yeah, man, that's number seven. Okay, so uh, no, you're good. Uh, I want to kill that cricket. I just want it to die. We both do, buddy. Number eight, uh, public. Uh, wow, I can't read my writing. Uh, public bids are. Oh, got it. Public buildings. <laughs> yep. I can't read. They can't you, go after, like, the courthouse. And... Well, you can't uh, campaign right? At, in public buildings. I'm, I'm sure there's some exceptions to that, because there's you... town halls and stuff. But right. that's a party. That's not a candidate. Directly. Right. Q&A kind of thing. Uh, number nine. <laughs> uh File the campaign finance uh, reports on time. Yep, there timely. are some steep fines uh, that start to occur. Rightfully so. I agree. Uh, and I love the, the number 10 uh, rule, I guess. I guess I can't say it's a law. Was call if you don't know. Oh, yeah. If you can't, yeah, for sure. And, you, you know, you figure these campaigns have got experts anyway. But, I mean, at the end of the day, why not tap into that resource that's available at the federal level, too? Yeah, it's, I mean, the things that are interesting to me about this are, um, like, let's say Brent's running and I'm running for the same office, and we're against each other. 
And I have a... Uh, I am aligned, let's say, with a super pack. Not supposed to know, I am. But uh, they're gonna run an ad against Brent right before the election. Well, Brent's gonna want to have what they call super pack insurance. Right. I Meaning Brent's gonna want to know a millionaire. Who are my backers? Yep. And Brent's gonna want to know that that person is going to have his back. Yep. If someone were to place an ad like that. So out. the insurance is not necessarily an official policy per se. It's no, yes. Yeah, Mining the bank, right? Gotta yeah. be ready. And and so the other problem with super PACs is let's say now we're going to change rules here. Let's say Brent uh, is running a big healthcare industry, and Brent says, "Well, uh, we run a super PAC or we contribute a super PAC, and if you want to be considered uh, for that super PAC, you need to be ninety percent in line with our yep." Goals. Basically, like a scorecard, right? Like your voting gives. Your voting's <laughs> got to equal out to at least the majority of what I want. You're yep. not getting my money. Yes. So, my question to you uh, is: How do you think that doesn't influence the people running? And how do you think that's fair that there's no cap on that when there are caps on how much I, the individual Brent, the individual can yep. give yep. yeah and i mean those limits i've got some of them here um let me pull them up hopefully yeah one of the things brent was talking about earlier uh packs uh can't take money directly from the treasury of a bit of a corporation where super packs can that's kind of what we were i don't know if we directly said that earlier but that was one of the big differences and that's where again the corporations can then have the scorecard or like yep. maybe you know like nra does for people they score politicians uh well some of the times they do that it's to signal the politicians hey you're not going to get any money from us i can't find it but honestly it's not that important the limits on individual contributions are extremely small like it's like twenty eight hundred bucks that you can contribute as a max. There's like five grand to the super pack. Yeah, to like, pack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so like, we can only influence so much, and yet these and it's like having two sets of rules. Like, you know, we follow these rules, and then the super packs over here in their own lane, just funneling. A I know. Ridiculous and and I cash. get. And I get it. I get the idea is that super packs are not directly tied. And that's the argument. Super PACs are not allowed to affiliate with the candidates. Right. And therefore, it's like saying, well, but, if me and Brent have 100 million friends, sure. we don't. We don't. I wish we did. I do, too. But, okay, let's say me and Brent had 1,000 friends, and we all believe the same thing. Why can't we pull our money and run ads? You yeah. know, why can't we do that? But if you and I are the Koch brothers that are part of a 400, I don't know how rich they are, but they're super rich. Well, there's only one left. Well, correct. Sorry, buddy. Hopefully you weren't the one that died. I agree. Same thing for me. Anyways. Uh, had to be one of us. Yeah, right? Yeah, it had to be one, but at the end of the day... Um, Say we're the Koch brothers and we contribute, you know, a million, no, hundred million dollars total to a super PAC. Like we're still, you know what I mean? Like we should be allowed to contribute, but you should not be able to be the majority stake. It's like cheating the system in the sense that, and so like one of the ideas I like is like the voucher idea where you could say, Hey, everybody can contribute a hundred dollars. You get a voucher for a hundred bucks of a pool of money. That's, I don't know, provided by taxpayers. I don't know. Forget about the details, but every individual person and only them, hypothetically, can only contribute this money toward who they think 
is should run for their candidate, right? So it and again, that's an extreme example, um, and I, it, it's it's the principle of an idea that there's a lot of expansion on, and some of the links we'll share. But I think I like that. I like the idea of you have a voice. You can be a part of the uh, election. You can vote too, right? But every one person, and if we're all aligned, you and our thousand, you and me and our thousand friends, then our fifty hundred dollar vouchers all go to that candidate that we align with. We can still organize, yeah, and build groups of people that are like minded and throw the money there. But it's not private companies like you know all the folks here in Peoria that you know have money, and then all these rich people get together and all the management people are throwing money at these packs and. I mean, I don't know. It's ridiculous. I, I don't know what you do, though. I, I have to be honest. Like, after reading more about Citizens United, I am more on the fence about it. Like, the truth of the matter is I am more on the fence because I like the, I mean, like, I like the idea that corporations are going to turn eventually, like, turn a new leaf, maybe. I'm not sure. But, I mean, like, look at the times. Like, there was the whole transgender thing, the bathroom bill in, like, North Carolina. Everybody... Like, big, big businesses sure. pulled out of that. And that was, you know, that was big businesses doing something for the good. If eventually, I mean, there are super PACs on the left, too. So there are businesses on I think, the left. That, I, I think I it just know. takes the right issue to make that happen, though. I agree. And I, I don't know what's right. Like, I, I, I don't like the idea that the government would stop me and Brent from getting all of our listeners together, all of our very, very wealthy listeners that want to help us and have a great show, all of them, we get them all together, and we try to, like, campaign for something, they they could say no. That doesn't make sense. I don't understand why they should say no to that. Yeah, I know. It's it's. It, I think, the if anything, the Supreme Court, with that ruling, had one thing right, that basically it's a slippery slope on a lot of it's sides. It's a slippery slope. Right? We need good elected officials we need good congressmen we need good senators that aren't worried about having to raise four grand a day just to get reelected yes. yes and i don't know what the answer is here because again the, the problem with the super PAC is they're not directly affiliated so you could say well let's limit how much i don't know what you do i, I think mccain was really onto something like they wanted to to limit the soft money they wanted to stop them from doing last minute ads and stuff like that yeah i i don't know i i guess it feel you know, and then the dirty thing about it is it feels like a violation of freedom of speech. It really does. And that's why Citizens United won. Yeah, I know. It's a crazy thing, guys. We want to hear back from you about it, too. Because this is something that is a massive issue that doesn't have a, a clean and clear solution. I'd love to hear from what folks have to say about that. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't know why there needed to be a law necessarily to stop. I don't know. This is tough for me, because I'm against Citizens United on principle, or at least I've been that way all the way. And now when I learn about it, and I... And you I think more about the it, ruling, too. You have to yeah. think more about it, because I, I just think that it goes both ways. And right now, if you're a leftist, or liberal, or progressive, or whatever, and you're feeling like it, it's all going against you, I think the tides could change. Oh, yeah. And then it's going to be the Republicans crying wolf. See, and... that's just it. It does happen. The ebbs and flow of politics. I mean, it's the, you know, the whole start of it right now, I think, for me, is when the left got pissed off with Merrick Garland's whole Supreme Court thing getting just stonewalled by McConnell. And then McConnell became the, you know, the devil to all the left. 
And now it's just been a proliferation of that as we've gone through the Trump administration, him stonewalling all this stuff. And it's going to flip. Mark my words, eventually the Dems will win back both Congress and the White House, and they're going to start pissing off all the people on the right because they're going to undo things. They're going to put judges in place. They're going to do whatever, right? And I feel like that's where we get the polarization, the tribalism yeah. that just splits everyone to sides. We got to get back to where people are more willing to compromise and talk through things and figure out how both sides can win some, right? When I was learning about how to negotiate in a class once, the biggest piece of advice I think that was beneficial was figuring out how, how both sides can win because if the loser in an, an agreement, if they feel like they lost but they still got talked into it, then they're going to be resentful and you're not going to, you're still not going to reap the full benefit of that. So they're going to find some way to get you. Yeah. So you have got to find compromise. It's key. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the right answers are. I don't know how that applies to super packs and packs, but it's good conversation. Yeah. And that's what we're mainly here for. That's right. That's why we're here, guys. And we want you to be part of that conversation. Please you know, comment. It's only 73 degrees in here. That's so crazy. I know. The changing of the seasons is yeah. making our lives easier. Here we are, man. October 5th. Just yeah. flying by. So, uh, I'm at school, and Brent's life's busy, but we're going to be back next week with another show for you. Yep. And there's some debate about what the show is, so we don't know yet. Yep, we'll don't have a topic. Figure that out by we next week. Yeah, we will. And I hope you've enjoyed our uh, kind of overview of the campaign finance laws. Yeah. Follow that money, guys. Um, yeah, follow the money. And be worried. And, because uh, there's so much of it that you don't control. We're going to do probably a little update on the whistleblower thing next week. Yeah, I think we should. We'll, uh, we'll touch on it as part of a topic. Maybe we'll have a split episode, have a few different things to talk about. Yep. Uh, another idea I want to put forward, uh, just to kind of get your opinions. I keep getting... I don't know what the right word is. Um, when I'm debating uh, people on the right, I keep getting links from like Glenn Beck or Rush Limbaugh or other... Commentators. Commentators. And more than news sources. I think, To be fair. To be fair. I would like to know more about them. I would like to do a show on Glenn Beck and Rush yeah. uh, to understand them. Oh, man. And uh, just so if anybody's listened this far into our hour-long uh, piece of this, I haven't responded to a recent uh, request for a uh, review of the Glenn Beck episode, and believe me, it is coming. I've uh, just been busy, but I promise you it will come. We do read and respond to everything that's sent to us. I promise you all that. Yep. But you're right. We do need to kind of – maybe we should break that down in, uh, next week or the week after yeah. soon. Get into some of those uh, folks. Republican and there's candidates. commentators on both sides, so we'll dive into, you know, a full commentary of that. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely interested to know how many times people have had to recant stories. Or um, for Glenn Beck, I'd like to know why he got fired from Fox. Because <laughs> uh, it's pretty bad when Fox won't have you. The other thing I do want to throw out there real quick. I'm sorry we're wrapping it up, but it, it yeah. just bothered me last week. I was watching Fox, and they have something called The Five. Yep. Okay, it's like these. I've heard it terrible but anyways i was getting a nail removed from my tire at um what is it goodyear goodyear shout out to goodyear yeah. for doing tire repairs patching for free thank you for that but the fox news uh on in your lobby was i don't know not my preferred channel but informative to say the least so on the five they start bad mouthing people who went to college 
and they talk about you may work in a corporation and you may be able to get along just fine, but then there's that darn HR department who are filled with learned people who went to colleges. What? Yeah, I'm not kidding you. Like, they literally are demonizing people who go to school and get an education. Yeah, that's a tough one for me. It, it's ridiculous to me. It really, really bothered me. And I'm going to be honest with you. Don't be mad at people because they're smarter than you. Intelligence is something that most all of us can attain. It's you something share. you should work for. It's something you should share. It is not something you should fear. It is not something uh, you should make fun of or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. Um, and I think some of that's being self-aware. So uh, I know it's a tough pill to swallow, but... If you're not educated on a topic, maybe hey, it happens to me all the time. You don't know about it. Got to read up. Got to read up. Educate yourselves. Uh, and I and, and don't get me wrong. I've never worked in a big corporation. I'm a small business kind of guy. Uh, but Brent, do you have issues with HR in your life? Are they no? Is that because you're learned too? I guess you would classify myself as a learned individual. This is what I don't understand. But we should all be learned, right? Every day is an opportunity to learn something, and uh, life is a learning journey. So at the end of the day, you gotta keep, you gotta. That's just it. I was saying it just a few seconds ago. I think that's your opinion, you know, and that's. I think that's what I'm coming to realize is some people have no desire. You know, you're correct. To to learn, people want to do as they've done. Yep. And never be challenged or make and a never be corrected. This is my, this is where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sure. I don't think there's a whole show topic there, so I really just wanted to throw it in. Because it, it really did just bother me. I, I, I've seen tribalism pop up in a lot of places. Yeah. And I just thought that this was a very ludicrous idea to demonize to people for learning. going to college. Yeah. Like, Fun fact, Come on. in the, I think it's Massachusetts state constitution, it is the requirement of the state to provide education for their citizenry. I think, and that was written by John Adams. Hmm. So I think it's important to note that the founding fathers and people that, you know, really should matter to people in this country. Knocked this country together. Yeah, right. Basically said that education is the most important thing, period. And we've done a bad job. We have. That could be a topic. My God, education. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, if you've made it this far, thank you. I know this is not exciting. Um, I hope you've enjoyed our overview of yeah. campaign finance. Yeah. And uh, a look at some of the laws and how we got to where we are today. Yeah. If it interests you, dig in more. There's tons more. We, we just, we couldn't cover it all. It would be too much. How too many boring. pages was the FEC manual? 256. We weren't going to read it. Nope. We just weren't going to do it. So dig into whatever else interests you from that. Be sure to comment on us if you have things you uh, agree with, disagree with, want to learn more about. And next week we get together and talk more and say more words. That's right. Till then, I'm Brent. I'm Chris. Have a good day. Have a good week. Bye, Jimmy.